Good evening. Good evening. There's a passage, it's a chapter that I've spoke from many, many times. And I don't normally speak from the first few verses. I normally speak from verse 11 through verse 27. But, but there's a, a very important truth in the first part of that uh, scripture. If you can go ahead and go to the Luke chapter 15. I was looking for a word. What? Turn me down just a little bit. When you don't, uh, it's so funny. When I think I have to be right on task thinking about what I'm going to say or I don't come out. We're used to, I could be saying this right here and have three or four other things kind of nestled back in like this little place and I pull from them and it just don't happen right now. And uh, before, right there in worship a few minutes ago, there was a term that was running through my mind and I couldn't, I knew what it was, but I couldn't get it out. And, and it was, uh, and I sat down, if you see me sit down, I'm used to writing something down and, and I'll start to write and then I'll sit there, oh great, what is it? But I knew I wasn't going to get till I got, I got it back into my head. And uh, the term was stewardship. And um, now a lot of us are stewards of a lot of things and and uh, I may be a good steward in some things and some things I'm not as good in. But there was something about um, the motives behind what we do and why we do it. And um, I'm going to go to a story in just a little bit about a guy, who, a man who made an impact upon a guy's life. And I'll share that with you in a minute. But it's important that we do value this word and what it says and what it means. Um, Finding value in ordinary, common things. This is the way I handle things, and I value what I have. Now, I can say that with this here, and we can all think of it in a variety of ways. What do I value, and what do I find important that I put the time into? And so I could go to Luke 15, and we have a, a very good example of what finding value in things is all about. Luke 15. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Now I want you to notice there was publicans and sinners. What is a publican? Publican was what? It was a tax collector and the sinners. There were people that uh, most people wrote off and, and didn't give them any value because of what they'd done. Then, then in verse 2, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Isn't it amazing to you and I? This weekend, this past week, we were at uh, New York, and we went over to Niagara Falls. Now, this morning, uh, with those back in this room here before I came out, um, um, I always pray with them before I come out. And I went to pray, and it went... Total blank. So next time, Nick, I'll let you leave us in prayer. But one of the things I was telling them back there was uh, the Canadian government is a ripoff up in that area. And, uh, and I won't go into detail, but, but it's, it was a good time up there. But one of the things that I saw up there so predominantly is that there was constantly every other nationality you could imagine. There was tons and tons of Hindus. Even the big Cleric ones were the funny beehive thing on the head. These guys, a whole, a whole bunch of those out there in the middle taking pictures of the falls in the background of things. And then you see women nonstop 
in the Muslim uh, headdresses. And we even see one lady who was there who, who only used to see her glasses so they could see. Uh, I don't know why, but that's, that's the way it was. And what was my point in all that? Uh, stewardship and the way that they value what they value. But I began to think about, look at the work that needs to be done up here. Look at the work. And I've seen one church, and it was an old Orthodox Jewish church that was there. There was Orthodox Jews, shaved heads with little squigglies down here. About anything you can imagine, uh, they were up there. But do we value who we are? Do we value things the way that we should in, in the eyes of the Lord? If you go to Luke chapter 15 and verse two, 3 now. And he, said, and he spake this unto them, saying... What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if you lose not one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? And when he hath found it, lay it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to, me, to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep which was lost. I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you, Likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one that repents over the ninety-nine and nine just persons. Now, I want to stop for just a second because when I begin to think about this, I, begin to, I just broke it down and thought about looking for reason not... Uh, it's pretty bad when you don't even understand your notes. Um, but looking for a reason that other people may not. Look in verse 3 and 4. And he spake unto them, I'm sorry, verse 1 and 2. The first two was the Republicans and sinners. And the second two were the Pharisees and, and uh, the scribes. And they didn't find value in anything except for, except for someone who's in their sect. Okay, I'm going to stop and slow them. I have my brain for just a second. <clears throat> verse 3 through 7 says, What man, if you lose a sheep, does he not search until he finds it? I'm going to stop here for just a second. Because while we were in, up in uh, New York or Niagara Falls, um, I got a call Tuesday night that had a cow out. There was a cow out down here with a red tag and there's a bull, et cetera, going on. And so I said, it wasn't mine. My daughter went out, took pictures of mine, showed me mine were home, home. And then I called my neighbor and he didn't have any out supposedly either. But uh, the, so the fact that one of those gets out should have, a, um, should have an effect upon you. I know it's talking about souls and things, but it's, this particular one applies to the same way in life with us valuing things that we lose. If we don't have, if we have 100 sheep and we lose nine, do we not go out of our way to find it? And, uh, do we not go out of our way until we do find it? The character of one is who values something is enough to search for it. And I often think that we don't value enough and look in our personal life. And what is it that we value that other people do that maybe we don't? Maybe we take advantage and we, we look uh, past the obvious and we don't think, it, think of, oh, I'm so glad I've got you. I tell you why, you've, you've helped me out so much lately. And uh, that's to my wife. Search until he finds it. The character of one who values something enough to search for it and he finds it. I don't know about you, but I've lost a lot of things. I lost some car keys 
last week there were my wife's and, and they weren't even in my car and I was frantic and I was looking everywhere and I was looking outside and looking in different places trying to think where I could have possibly put them and Layton came over and he goes, Dad, do you think you may have given them to Mom and she put them in a purse and no, there's no way. I just had them in my hand, went outside and was looking and I must have dropped them on the ground or something and so I was just frantic and, and so I was out of it for about half a day with no keys and so Layton goes to my wife's purse you know the rest of the story. And, but it, it's value, finding value in something. And a lot of people have things, but they don't value them. So what I'm trying to get to, they don't value the things that should be precious to them. Do you value what you give and what you pour into other people's lives? When you take time to, to I'm going to, there's a lot of people that give just to give. There's a lot of people that, that do just to do. But it's not a passion that they have. It's not a, it's not a, a fervency they have to pursue it and then find it and, and look for it. And it's talking about, and I apply this to ministry a little bit. But do we value really what we have to present to people? This is something that's really that important. There's a, there's a if we had a, 200 people in here, we had one person who had left and gone his way. And, and do we go out of our way to go and present the gospel to them? Or at least to provide a way of hope and the second thing, I don't know about you, I've always thought it was kind of funny in this scripture, the things that I, that I maybe look for, maybe it's a sheep or whatever, but I would begin to call people and think, uh, rejoice, and why would I rejoice over one sheep? Why would I rejoice over one thing that was lost and now it's found? Well, the reason it was so important to this person, because they had so much emphasis on the one that was lost. There's so much value in the one that was lost that they rejoiced and they found great joy in that. And it's the same that needs to be in our life. You'll see what I mean in just a moment. Then in verse 8, either a woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one, plea, one piece, does not have a light and light a candle and sweep the house and see diligently until she find it. When she, has, when she has found it, she calleth her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I, I had lost. Likewise, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Well, let's look at her for just a minute. There's a lot of things about her. There's a short little passage about this particular character, but she was very diligent. This woman was diligent. When you think of the word diligent, you think of somebody that's white. Let me say it again. When you think of the term diligent, what comes to your mind? Hardworking. Committed. What somebody said right there. Persistent. They are determined to find this coin. I don't know about you. How many of you have ever had a coin and maybe you've lost it? And, and you know, I'm all the time walking and I go to car lots, especially when I go into the car lots, I find all kinds of pennies on the ground. Now, a lot of you laugh at me when I tell you this, but I bend over and I pick up all the pennies and I wipe them off and put them in my pocket. Now, I may go to the store and put them in the extra gift, into the money, little cup, you know, little stores, you know, they have extra change there. I may put it in that or I may put it in a, a free money, put it in to give to donations. But there's one thing about it, I put it to use. Well, in this case here, this woman here had 10 coins and she lost one. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but that's 10% of what she had. 10% of what she had that could have been reinvested into the future and the ministry and the people's lives. And she, take, and she took it and she uh, diligently looked for it. But then when she got it 
got it all, and she found it, and she, she called everyone, and she expected everyone to rejoice with her. Now, Sister Bob called me, and she was rejoicing over a quarter she found. I'd say, good job, Sister Emmy. But uh, it's the same principle. Searches till she finds it, till she, it was all that she had. And that's another thing. You don't have to have a lot in the kingdom of God. A lot of times we feel like we need to have so much, but if, if, if you're not faithful in such little things in the eyes of the Lord, how can he trust you with more? How can he possibly, some of us want to, want to have all this grandeur and all these great things in our life, but we're not faithful even in giving of the little things. And it's so important that we learn the value of what we have regardless of what category we may fall in until we find a value in it, we will never be what we should be. The lost had gone, the lost had even found value, even though it was gone. And she called the others. There's a, I could go to Luke, I mean Ephesians chapter 2. I read from Ephesians this morning, but I remember where. That's sad. That is sad. Ephesians 3 is what I read this morning. There's a scripture, and it says this in Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that he should walk, that we should walk in, that should be walked in them. I'm going to stop here and tell you why I want to read this. You may not find it a lot of value in passing out something or, or giving information to somebody. But how many of you ever heard of Greg Rochelle? Uh, Greg Rochelle was a, uh, was a guy out in Oklahoma City, pastors uh, a few campuses, and they send his, some will cast his uh, image to whatever different, different places. But, but he has the largest church in America, supposedly, and you may have never heard of him. But um, Greg Rochelle was uh, in, high, in college. How many of y'all can maybe relate to this? But when he was in college, he was not the, a Christian. He was, uh, he was the head of a frat. You know what a fraternity is? Yeah, it's kind of a party station. And uh, he, some buddies of his got in trouble while he was in the, in the frat. And uh, so he was just thinking out loud. He thought, what can I do to get my, my buddies out of this uh, trouble? He'd never been to church really or anything. And he goes, what can I do to get them out of this? And he said, he was outside, and this word came to his mind, have a Bible study. He goes, okay. So he went back to all of his friends, and, and he, all of his friends were in trouble, but he's trying to do something to help them. And he goes, guys, we're going to have a Bible study. If you know anything about guys who are in frats, they're not going to have any, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, they're not going to go to a Bible study. But he said, we're going to have a Bible study. We're going to start it on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Well, he was going to class that evening, and after, when he was going to one of his classes, he said, oh, man, I don't have a Bible. That was it out there having it. And he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's fretting, and he goes to one class, and whatever class it was, and went into it. And, and when he came out of that class, he was going to his second class, and there's a gentleman there, met him there. He was in a suit and tie, like all, all Christians should have, right? Suit and tie, not really. But uh, he met a Christian. This man looked at him and said, would you like to have a Gideon Bible? And he said, of all places, of all times, of all importance, he gave me a Gideon Bible. 
So he took the Bible and he said, yes. And he said, he just felt like, he said he wanted to kind of fall to his knees in amazement that God would send somebody with a Bible there. But he took the Bible and went that night and he went to, everyone was sitting, there were seven or eight of them there that evening. And when he said something to him, he said, I want you to open your Bibles to the opening book of the Bible. So the other guys brought their Bibles and their Bibles had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it doesn't matter. And his had Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so he was on a different book. They worked all the differences out. And he started reading. So he started reading John. So-and-so beget who? So-and-so beget them. And oh, my goodness, he said, it was terrible. He said, then went to chapter 2, and it got a little better. But he said, he himself caught an interest in reading the Bible. And he read through Matthew. Then he read Mark. They read Luke. He said, man, we would think after they went through this three times, they would understand all the same stuff. You get it? It doesn't matter. But anyway, and he got and read John, and then he kept reading and reading, and he got all over to Ephesians. Now, the man who handed him the Bible did not hand him the Bible to understand Ephesians 2.8. But it was Ephesians 2.8 that God broke his heart. He found value. This man found that most of, most of us would go to university, hand out Gideon Bibles. But this is one, for instance, that God used anointing in this one man's gift. This one man's gift. I wonder how many of us have gifts or, or times that we are in obedience, whether it's in one coin or whether it's in something that we find value in. But this man found value in the word. He went outside. He was out in his field. I don't really understand, but uh, Greg was kind of a different guy anyway in some of his uh, uh, dealings with things. But when he read uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, he said, by grace, I'm saved through faith. And he said he never had a preacher to tell him, didn't have evangelists to tell him, didn't have anybody in, in, in the world to tell him about what it all meant, but he knew what Ephesians meant, that by grace you're saved. And he went out in, his, out in the field wherever he was studying, and he lifted his hands and fell on his knees and said, Father, I accept you as my Savior. And from then on, it was a time of change. And from that to, to the place that he is today. It all began when somebody put their money and they put their effort. And then it goes back into, uh, what's the first word I look for? Stewardship. When they look for the stewardship of that one man who was willing to go to the college campus and hand the Bible out. Do you, do you follow? Is that not extremely ironic that man valued something so much that he went there to do it and it changed his life? What if someone did not, did not take him, what if someone did not take him his giving seriously? And I speak to you every time, every time that we receive an offering, I stand up and give it. I say, Father, this is yours. This is yours, it's not mine, it's yours, and I give it to you and I ask you to bless it and prosper it. But, but the thing is, oftentimes we don't think about what we have and we use it for the wrong reasons. Or we just have, haphazardly come up and, and put our offering in and it's picked up and they go count it. Is that really all there is to it? There needs to be some emphasis in our, on our part upon this word and what it means to us. A little gift made all the difference in this guy's life. Is the gift that... It is the gift that is found, that found values. Skip it. Matthew chapter 12, if you go there.
you know, uh, when we came to this church back in, uh, well, 15 years ago, the very first Sunday I was there, and the, the board, the church elected us and whatever, I never once, I never once felt like, wow, we've arrived. I never once felt like um, the pink carpet and, and, and all that went on that whole first Sunday, I, I didn't see God in, in, the, in the mix. But it's so important how we take care of things, regardless of the condition it's in the, in the beginning. It's, a, it's important that we take care of it in, and how we invest in it. And even though I didn't see a lot of greatness, possibilities in Bloomfield, God took what God, what God had placed in me and the value I put on or all of us, put it on some things and began to bless it. And I'll tell you why I say that. Um, because either make the, the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. And I would think, think about that, about my time, about my effort, and about my energy. But the, 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 the fruit that I have, is it corrupt or is it, is it valuable? Is, is, it, is the, the gift that I have with money or the gift I have with giving to other people, is it something I have that has any value? It's a condition of the tree. And it didn't say that... Um, wasn't really an issue about a tree, but it was an issue about a man's uh, misuse of his tongue, his ability to speak what is good. Go to the next, next verse. You, oh, generation of vipers, how can you be an evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the, out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. I'm going to stop here for just a second. The condition of her heart. What is the condition of my heart? And let me ask you, if you're on the platform or you're teaching a Sunday school class, are you doing nothing? What is the condition of your heart? It's, it's preparing, you know, you prepare yourself all week for maybe the weekend, like that's what I do. But, but, but prepare yourself all the time. Is, is, is the condition of, of your body, I guess you would say, or of the individual? <clears throat> Prepare yourself, condition of your heart. The words carry much weight, and our words, are guarded, our words are guarded with our heart because our heart is what really determines the way we say things. message tonight was a variety of things about how we take care of things and opportunities that we have. And you can always tell how we are and, and the condition of us and, and the way that we respond. <clears throat> our, our heart, our, our mouth, words we say are, are things that are true indication of what's on the inside. And what's really going on with each and every one of us as we prepare our hearts to, to give each other things and provide things and provide the gospel. But the, la the last verse of that in verse 37, for, with the, for by thy words thou art justified 
and by their words thou art condemned. There's so much value in what we place upon these things and how we look into the investment into the lives of others. No telling in this room tonight how many of us, what got across to us, what spoke to our heart. The condition of our heart was simply prepared because of what someone else had invested in us. If you look back into your life and you think about what was it in your life that brought you to this place, it was because of somebody else's investment in you, whether known or unknown, it is because of that that you are what you are. And maybe you haven't arrived yet, but let me tell you this. There is something important about how you carry yourself and how you carry your words. We are, we are investing all the time in other people, and people are looking for answers from us for things that the world has a lot of things to offer, but they're looking for something different in us. By your words, you will condemn, and by, by your words, you are condemned, or by your words, you're justified. And this name applies here.